This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. January 12, 1969, the date the New York Jets won Super Bowl three in a tumultuous upset against the favored Baltimore Colts. Overnight, Jets quarterback Joe Namath became synonymous with the victory and was transformed into a household name. And while Broadway Joe was the acknowledged difference maker between the two teams, even he has credited the efforts of 39 forgotten players that afternoon who hold the keys to the Jets' legacy. The book is Beyond Broadway Joe. The author is Bob Letterer. 50th anniversary of the Jets' win coming up. It's a nostalgic, behind-the-scenes account that looks beyond Namath's role in the victory. For the first time, members of the 68-69 New York Jets team share their often funny, poignant, and insightful personal stories and memorable anecdotes about their Super Bowl teammates, including Broadway Joe and coaches and the historical win that changed the game of football forever. Bob Letterer is a writer and the founder of RFL Communications, a former resident of Flushing, New York, and New York Jets fan for the team's inception in 1963. He scrupulously followed the team through their early ups and downs and their transformation into a championship contender. Makes his home now in Illinois and joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Bob, welcome to this program. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. So why did you write this book, Beyond Broadway, Joe? Because I grew up, as, as you mentioned, in Flushing, New York, and uh, the impact of that game on me, I was 16 years old that day, was absolutely enormous, uh, both because for two weeks we had all heard all around the country, but especially among Jet fans, that the Jets shouldn't even bother showing up, that the Colts were going to absolutely devour and slaughter the Jets. Um, and when it didn't happen... Uh, I was admittedly as surprised as anybody else and was in a state of euphoria for about a week. So how was Joe Namath able to manipulate the Colts' defense in this game? Ah, okay. Well, I I prefer people buy the book, but it it goes along these lines, and I'll try to be really brief about it. Um, When Weeb Eubank, who was the coach of the Jets beginning in 1963, uh, left the Baltimore Colts several months before then, um... His replacement at Baltimore, Don Shula, did not replace Weeview Bank's system, uh, meaning that the offensive plays and the defensive uh, formations and schemes and such remained intact. And that didn't really matter for the next six years because the teams never played each other. But lo and behold, they show up on the Super Bowl field at the Orange Bowl on January 12, 1969, and Weeview Bank and his uh, offensive coordinator, Clive Rush, immediately recognize that the Colts are basically barking out the same signals on offense and defense that the Jets have been using. And uh, uh, we more or less called Joe and Senator John Schmidt over and explained, hey, listen, we're going to do something here because we can take advantage of the fact that we've detected that they're using the same offensive uh, patterns and schemes and play calling and such um, that, that, we, that we are. Uh, and so Namath went to the line, um, and you'll notice if you watch the game, which you can find on YouTube to this day, uh, at some point, I believe it was uh, early in the second quarter, he started coming to the line without calling a play in the huddle. And he would just look over the Colts defense, bark out plays, and what he was actually doing was making play calls, which the Colts also recognized as being at least similar uh, to their system, and they started moving in, in directions. And, and so Joe had them moving, for instance, uh, shifting to the right, and the minute the, uh, their 
their players start shifting to the right, he would reverse the call on the next play, or on, on the next call, I should say, and the Jets would go to the left. And when you are a professional player and you lose a step or two, to another professional player, well, that can be catastrophic in your ability, you know, to make a play. And so, uh, play after play for most of that Super Bowl game, the Jets had a step or two advantage uh, on the Colts. We're chatting with Bob Letterer here on Speaking of Writers. Uh, his book is Beyond Broadway Joe, the Super Bowl team that changed football. So, what were these 39 or 36 or forgotten other players like as you interviewed them? Well, it's quite interesting. I had determined I was going to do it, and I never gave a thought to the fact that uh, how was I going to find them, number one? Well, we figured out how to do that because they're all over the country. But secondly, how was I going to convince them to talk to me? Because I'm not a sports writer, although I've been reading sports pages and been a big fan, obviously, of the team you know, for 55 years. Uh, but um, when, I, when I got the first one on the phone, and his name was Curly Johnson, he was a punter on the team, Unfortunately, he was already too far gone. He had uh, what a lot of football players have these days, which is CTE, which is basically uh, a brain malady that's caused by uh, continuing um, really hard hits on, on the head. But his wife answered the phone, and after I told her who I was and that I was a fan and that I was writing a book about the rest of the team, she said something that really um happened over and over again in a less subtle way but happened over and over again with all the other players and she said to her husband you're not going to believe this but there's a guy on the phone that wants to talk to you about the super bowl game and that was really inferring the fact that the only one who'd really been asked about it for many many years was joe namath and he had been asked about it over and over and over again how was Namath when you talked? To, I mean, he loves to talk about this game, obviously, right? I did not talk to Joe Namath. Joe Namath would not talk to me. In fact, Joe Namath wanted to be paid to talk to me. Uh. And one of my rules immediately was I don't pay anybody to talk to me, frankly, because none of the other players even ever brought up the issue, although I'd been told that a couple of them might, but it never happened. So, no, Joe, Joe is widely quoted in the book. Joe is widely praised in the book by his teammates. They do love him. But Joe Namath did not cooperate in any way with the book. And frankly, I think it's just as well because it puts even more of an emphasis uh, on, on all the other 44 players in total that put on jet uniforms that year. Any other favorites of the players you did talk to? Well, I, I've become or I had become good friends with a number of the players, some of whom have since passed on. Larry Grantham, uh, their all-star linebacker, who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was one uh, in particular, Pete Lamons, their tight end, who is still around, and he and I do talk on a regular basis. Paul Rochester, their defensive tackle, uh, very much an unsung hero and a guy who did not get a lot of headlines, but just a very steady performer. Um, you know, one of my favorites, Billy Baird, um, a free safety on that team, um, who I basically had very little regard for as a fan 50 years ago, and I and I told him that <laughs> when we did our interview together. Um, but he showed me what a great player he was by his understanding uh, of defense and explaining to me what the Jets were going about. And there were a number of others, but they, they all really enjoyed the experience of talking to someone who wanted to know what they were all about. 
and what they thought of what was going on. I mean, one of the great chapters in the book is called Reactions to Joe's Guarantee, and it refers directly to Namath's uh, guarantee that the Jets were going to win four nights before the actual game was played. Mm. Uh, Matt Snell and uh, Jerry Philbin uh, did the forward uh, to the book. What were Matt and Jerry like? Well, Matt um, was kind of an unbelievable find for me because Matt hasn't talked to the New York Jets franchise for about 47 or 48 years, he had a falling out with them after making a request of them, and it is spelled out in the book. Um, and I was introduced to him. We had wonderful conversations. And when we were done, when I'd run out of questions with Matt Snell, uh, he said to me, no, there's one question you haven't asked me, and that is why am I mad at the Jets? And he spilled his guts to me about why he was, and that's in the book. Jerry Philbin was my favorite player on the New York Jets because he was a normal-sized defensive end, and by that I mean he was about six foot two and two hundred forty-five pounds, way bigger than me. But for the times, even back then, he was he was not an extraordinarily physically gifted player, but he was extraordinarily gifted mentally and in his work ethic. And so it was really a pleasure to talk to him, and he and I have become you know, pretty good telephone buddies as well. Can you believe, Bob, it'll be 50 years this January? Yeah, I can, because as I said, I was 16, <laughs> and I'm 66 now, and so the calendar does turn, <laughs> whether we like it or not. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that I really got out of the, doing this whole project is that it really doesn't matter to me if the Jets ever win a Super Bowl again, of course I'd love to see them win. I'm, a, I'm still a fan. But I saw them win the Super Bowl. And so nothing is ever going to thrill me as much as um, I was that day. Uh, it, it's, it's just a labor of love to have talked to these guys and to have been treated with the respect. Um, and it went both ways because they told me when the project was done how much they loved and were looking forward to actually getting their copy of the book uh, because it is something that they feel they can pass on you know, to their next of kin and to generations uh, that will follow them long after they are no longer on this earth. And I think that's about as great a compliment as one of those players can give me. And what would you like readers to take away from Beyond Broadway, Joe? Um, I think that um, the big thing to come out of this is that if you are a Jets fan, regardless of age, and and frankly I have discovered that uh, Jets fans who are 40 years and younger don't have the same high regard uh, for what happened 50 years ago uh, as those of us who were around and remember it, no matter how old we were. And I've talked to people who were 8 and people who were 10 and people who were 12 and, and that sort of thing. And again, I was 16. But young fans today don't really appreciate what uh, what that team did, and it's in that it's in the title of the book, the Super Bowl team that changed football. Um, the National Football League was going to undergo some very very significant changes in its structure, where the teams were going to be situated, how they were going to be competitively. Uh, placed against other teams. For instance, the original plan before the Jets won the Super Bowl is that they were going to be positioned in a division with the New York football giants. Well, to some way of thinking, there's nothing really wrong with that, but that didn't happen. And it didn't happen, and the American Football League maintained the structure that today we call the American Football Conference simply because the Jets won a game that nobody thought they could win. The other thing that's really quite 
important here is that no matter how big a mismatch a game may seem to be, um, you really have to look into the heart and the intelligence and and the playing ability uh, and and really the strength of character that players have when they go out on the field and they and they really do uh, go out there and and really work to really win. Um, and I'm not an athlete by any means, and finding out what really drove these players uh, was really something that is incredible for me to understand and that all fans you know, should understand, and particularly young Jets fans, because there's a very thin line between being a winner uh, and being a mediocre team and, and actually being a loser, and that's the way the Jets fans find themselves with their team these days, this Jet team may not be as far away from a Super Bowl contender uh, as they seem to be right now. Bob Letterer, the author of the book Beyond Broadway Joe, the Super Bowl team that changed football. You can connect with Bob online. BeyondBroadwayJoe.com is the website and Twitter at Bob F. Letterer. Bob, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure, and thank you, and I hope fans will take the opportunity during the holiday season to grab a book and, and sit down and, and read about uh, this great team and, and this great turning point in the history of uh, professional football. All right. It's Beyond Broadway Joe, the Super Bowl team that changed football, the author Bob Letterer, and that is Speaking of Writers in Capital Region Sunday, production of Town Square Media Albany for this week. We're back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.